Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Welcome everyone to Real Presence Live here from the Mothership, Fargo, North Dakota. My name is Tim Mosier, your host today. Looking through the window at that great young guy, Eli. How are you doing today, Eli? You know, I'm doing pretty well today. Thanks, Tim. That's awesome. You said you're kind of slipping and sliding on the way in today, though. Yeah, you know, with these, the warm temps are, are here, and unfortunately that brings lots of slipperiness, but then again, it, it helps move us along towards spring, so exactly. I'll take it. <laughs> and we pray that uh, all the water will move through it in not too uh, destructive a manner. Of course, you know, we can tell our brothers and sisters across the area, there's been a lot of flooding going on, so we're, they're in our prayers, and we pray that... Uh, you know, God will preserve life and, and property as, as he sees fit, you know, because it can be a difficult time of year, but also, as you mentioned, a very, very uh, welcoming and hopeful time of year as, as we see the water going and the green coming. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Well, Eli, why don't you preview a little bit what's happening on our show this morning, my man? Sure. So we've got a lot coming up this morning. We'll start off, uh, you know, we know that uh, that Lent is a time of prayer and reflection, and we'll be, we'll be sharing about one special way that the folks at Riverview Living Community in Fargo are reflecting on the Passion of the Lord each Friday, and that's something that you can easily take up yourselves as well. And we've all heard of the Beatitudes, but did you know that they can help you grow in your marriage? Deacon Mark Creechie of the Diocese of Kirkston will share more about this unique reflection and how through the Beatitudes you can live a truly blessed marriage. And it's time to start yeah. thinking about plans for your kids once they hit summer break. We'll be talking with someone from the Sioux Falls Catholic School System to share some of the fun things that children can take part take part in, like building and growing a special garden. That and a whole lot more is coming up on today's Real Presence Live. Wow, that is awesome. Well, let's begin, as always, with a prayer. Thank you, Eli, in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and loving God, Lord, we, we lift up our hearts and our minds to you today, Lord, especially those brothers and sisters who may be struggling in some way, whether it's with the weather, whether it's with health, whether it's with their faith. Lord, you know the needs of all your children, and we lift them up to you today. We ask for your gracious mercy, your love, your peace, and your grace to shower down upon us, Lord, so we may truly be the sons and daughters you call us to be. We put all this at the feet of our Blessed Mother and pray for her powerful intercession as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of love and life, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome again to Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Tim Moser, coming at you from Fargo, North Dakota. We have Mary Jo Zucker in studio. Welcome, Mary Jo. Hey, thanks, Tim. All the way from Riverview, a few miles away today. That's right. Only I just came from the north side this morning. Oh, you did. Okay, well, wonderful. <laughs> On your way down, maybe. That's huh? right. Okay, great. That's, That's right. great. Mary Jo, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up here in Fargo, graduated from eighth grade at Holy Spirit mm -hmm. on the north side, and also Shanley High School, when that was also still on the north I side. I remember that. A few decades ago. <laughs> that, that but was... we won't talk about that. <laughs> it was so last century. <laughs> <laughs> um, went to get my degree in nursing, mm -hmm. and then about 12 years later, went through a chaplain training program at Mayo Clinic down in Rochester, mm -hmm. 
and I've been certified with the National Association of Catholic Chaplains since 2001. Wonderful. That's yeah. great. That's great. And you just uh, just came on to Riverview a little bit ago. What, what, what were you doing before you came to Riverview? I was uh, nine years at a small rural hospital in Illinois as director of pastoral care and ethics. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to a large Catholic hospice okay. um, in northern Illinois. I was in charge of 13 hospice chaplains mm-hmm. for okay. 12 years. Sure. But the Lord opened that window to come back home. And so yesterday was six months that I'm back and started as Director of Mission Integration and Spiritual Care down at CHI Riverview Place on South University. Great. Well, welcome back. Six months. Thank That's you. wonderful. That's great. It and feels like full circle <laughs> since that was the convent of the sisters who were my teachers when I was a little exactly. girl. Exactly. Isn't that right? So it's truly coming home. Very much so. That's right. I was there last Thursday playing and singing, and we had a great yeah. time. Everyone was out, and we had... You know, 60, 70 people. There was a lot of fun. So. That's right. Great. Well, tell us a little bit about this Lent. Now, you've got something special going on at, at Riverview, People of the Passion Before Stations of the Cross. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. Um, this came to me, actually, during prayer. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know how to make the Stations of the Cross uh, special. Mm-hmm. They, they are a beautiful prayer in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to just help the people focus a little bit on... Um, one person each week. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we came up with a cast of characters, so mm-hmm. to speak. And Sounds like a mystery novel. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the first week then there was a 10 to 15 minute reflection. I did that one mm-hmm. on Judas. Mm-hmm. And it kind of helps you go a little deeper into the passion. Mm-hmm. Then last week we reflected on Pilate, mm-hmm. um, our pastor Wayne Quibell. on staff. He Mm -hmm. gave a beautiful reflection on Pilate. Mm -hmm. And then we, upcoming ones are, uh, this coming Friday will be John, given by our father, Dwayne Pribula, who's our chaplain. And then next Friday will be um, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And since I'm the boss, I chose to do that one because she's my favorite. Well, there you go. Mary (laughs) Jo, Mary. (laughs) And it's my birthday. So I thought I get to do that. It all kind of comes together. You know, you don't get a lot of privileges, but you got to take them when they come. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. (laughs) And then we're also going to do Simon of Cyrene. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then on the very last Friday before... Good Friday, mm-hmm. April 12th, mm-hmm. we have a very special guest speaker, and our own Bishop Folda is going to come, wow. and I asked if he would do the reflection on Peter. Very nice. You know, Bishop, Peter Pope, first, Peter. yeah, exactly, first Bishop, yes, first Pope, I, yeah, I see. Yes, yeah, and Bishop Folda was so gracious to accept that, and we're just delighted. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Talk with Mary Jo Zocker from CHI Riverview down in South Fargo about people of the passion. So we have a reflection. I'll, I'll, I want to talk a little bit more about this in a second, but we also then, then that's followed by Stations of the Cross, correct? Right. That's right. And one of the things that we have found is um, the, uh, the public is perfectly welcome to come. We want them to come mm-hmm. in. It's nice to have, I think we're the only place that does Stations of the Cross during the day. Mm-hmm. Is it 2 o'clock? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And two so the reflection the is about 10 to 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and then we follow that by Stations of the Cross. Mm-hmm. And 
The other beautiful thing is that our residents at Riverview are Catholic as well as Protestant. Mm -hmm. And both, you know, all faiths have been coming to join in this. Last Friday, we actually ran out of copies of the Stations of the Cross, and I had made 40 copies. Wow. So I'm making more for this week. Good. <laughs> that, that's great to see. And certainly that's something that, you know, it's a, it's a Catholic tradition, obviously, but it's great to see, like you have the, the Protestant pastor, Pastor Cobell, who's a wonderful dear man, by the way. Yes. That's such a good pastor. Have him do a reflection. And we bring all the other people in as well. And, and so did you have a lot of people from the public this time, or...? Um, not so much okay. not so okay. much these last two just weeks. a lot of residents though right okay. absolutely but we sure hope that more from the public will be coming yeah. you know we've uh, been putting it in the bulletins and mm -hmm. advertising that way Great. so let's just give them a little flavor why don't you just give us just a, 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 a 30 seconds to a minute kind of over you. you you said you spoke on judas just give us a little flavor for what one of those talks is like well i talked about judas and i talked about how one of the ways that um, that Ju what we can learn from Judas mm -hmm. is by what Judas didn't do mm -hmm. is Judas did not turn to Jesus to ask for mercy and mm -hmm. forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And we know that actually what he and Peter did are pretty much the same thing. Betraying mm -hmm. and denying are mm -hmm. the same. Very close. Yeah. yeah. But Peter went back and asked for that forgiveness mm -hmm. from Jesus, received that forgiveness, right. where Judas turned to despair. Mm -hmm. And so we learned then about how we can also always turn to Jesus for his loving mercy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Very true. And I think that's important because we, we can eat see ourselves in Peter. We can eat see ourselves in Judas. We know yep. the times we've all failed and come short. Yep. We've all denied or betrayed in some way, right? Exactly. And when we choose to be like Judas, maybe it's a regret, but not a repentance. You know, one where we just turn into ourselves. That's what happens. And it, it takes humility. Yeah. It takes honesty, and and when, and when Peter did that, of course, you know he was favored. Of course, you know just as he denied three times, he was restored three times in John twenty-one, right? right? You know exactly. And so I, I think that's great to really help people uh, again come in and and enter into this. Now you said this this one coming up is John. You said this that's Friday. right. Okay. When and John isn't really mentioned right. in the, the beloved of the cross, disciple, the beloved disciple, but we know that he was there, mm -hmm. that he received Mary as his mother, mm -hmm. and also then representing us, that we receive Mary as our mother. Yeah. And also reflecting on the Stations of the Cross, it's, it's not so much what Jesus did back then, although that is of eternal importance, mm -hmm. but it's also looking at how can I get up after I fall? Mm -hmm. And not just a physical fall, but maybe a spiritual fall, mm -hmm. sin, whatever. Mm -hmm. How can I help somebody carry their cross? Mm -hmm. We talked about that a lot when I worked in hospice. Sure, That sure. it's not easy being Simon of Cyrene. Right, right. How can we show comfort to Jesus, mm -hmm. to other people, like Veronica showed comfort? Mm -hmm. So those sorts of things is how can we bring that into our lives and therefore 
connect us more deeply with the passion of Christ. Right. We're talking with Mary Jo Zocker from CHI Riverview in South Fargo about people of the passion. Uh, every Friday in Lent up to Good Friday, 2 o'clock is the 10 to 15 minute reflection on a different person of the passion, different people are presenting them, then Stations of the Cross. And again, we want to make sure we understand that the public is invited to come as well. Absolutely. Not only invited, but encouraged. I like that. And, and you'll, you'll certainly make extra copies now this, this time. Yes, yeah. I'll have plenty of copies for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think of the Stations of the Cross the way that we're all kind of walking on our own you know, road. And it's isn't it nice to know as Jesus was going, even though in the background, Mary was there, John was there, you know, we sometimes we feel like we're walking alone. Exactly. And we know that Christ has walked before us and we know that we are not alone, even though sometimes we feel like we may be alone. Exactly. So exactly. I, th I think that's wonderful. Mary Jo, you got about a minute left or so. What else would you like our listeners to know about uh, either these people of the passion or anything else you want to share? Well, actually, you were talking about spring coming in. Yes, yes. And on Thursday, night we're having a big swing into spring mm. um so come on over starting at six o'clock we're going to be serving some snackies and then we have a big band playing at seven wow so we have all sorts of activities that the public are always invited and encouraged to come to sure and if people want more information uh the phone number is area code 701 uh-huh Four seven zero zero two three seven forty seven hundred. All right, that's great. Oh, Mary Jo, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it again. Mary Jo Zocker from CHI Riverview, Fifty Second Avenue South and University. My mom actually lives there. Yay. Talking about people of the passion. Two o'clock on Fridays. Everyone is encouraged to come. Amen. Oh, Mary, thanks so much, Tim. Thank you, Mary Jo. God bless you. God bless you All right, too. Thanks bye -bye. so much. All right. Well, it's time for our first break. Up next, we have a big celebration the day in the church. Do you know what it is? Well, we'll tell you about it and why it's so big. And later, have your questions ready for Straight Talk with Father Gary Luton. He'll be stepping into the hot seat to tackle your topics. He's a pinochle buddy of mine, and we're going to be right here taking your questions. He's your second cousin. See? It's a small world. We'll be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. One of the things that I see happen is, let's say somebody's been listening to the radio and they pick up an idea. They then sit down with their friends at coffee or over cookies and bars, whatever, and they're talking about it. And that item, then they say, well, let's call Father and get a little, let's double check that. Let's get a little deeper view on it. But also, when it comes to the events, for example, we have a group here and they look at the faith and then they move deeper into it. What is the reason for this? Why do we Catholics believe this? And as that group has grown, they've brought others in, they've talked about it, they're reaching out, and it actually evolved into a street ministry where they stood down by Paul and Babe with a cart, with some books, with some medals, with some rosaries, and they encountered people on the street. I was very impressed with that, very impressed that our people would move forward. Our Bible studies become stronger as people hear the word and then they share it with one another. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back everyone to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host. Coming at you from Fargo, North Dakota. Hey, guess what, Eli? I see sunshine. 
sunshine here. Yeah, exactly. And I see a little water. And you know, I think I told you I was turning around today uh, to get back here to the to the studio, and I hit this huge pothole and literally bottomed out my car. Oh, it, wow. it was crazy. It was it, it was a little water. I thought it was going to be a little water. It was a lot. It was like a straight down almost a foot. It was crazy. So it's that time of year. Pothole season is here and upon us. But like I said, spring and hope. Isn't that wonderful? We'd like to thank Mary Jo Zucker last uh, segment for coming up from CHI Riverview. They have People of the Passion, 2 p.m. on Fridays in the chapel. Different speakers talking about different people of the Passion. And the Friday before Good Friday, Bishop John Folda himself, Bishop of the Diocese of Fargo, will be giving the reflection on Peter. So again, thank you so much for that. Well, we'd like to uh, join now Father Andrew Vogel from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Welcome, Father Vogel. Good morning. It's great to be with you guys. It is. It is. And how are things down there? A lot of snow, a lot of water. What are things like down there, Father? Uh, yeah, a lot of water, uh, even uh, a little flooding. So, uh, yeah, keep the area in prayer. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of melting and kind of quickly. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, that community, especially down there, you guys tend to get uh, you know warmer faster than we do up here, so the things can happen pretty fast. We, matter of fact, Fargo just declared a state of emergency yesterday in order to prepare for our... We're going to have some flooding. We just pray it's not going to be too much. So yes, we'll keep it all in prayer. Yes. Well, Father, yes. of course, you are... One of your parishes is St. Joseph Parish in Good Thunder, Minnesota. And of course, we're celebrating a wonderful solemnity today, the Solemnity of St. Joseph. Tell us a little bit about uh, what St. Joseph means to you, Father. Um, well, St. Joseph is... Um, yeah, he's just an amazing uh, person, amazing man. Um, who was in charge of the Holy Family. Um, I like to joke with uh, men, in the, especially in the confessional, that if they think they have it hard, just think about St. Joseph. Um, the Holy Family contained uh, Jesus, who was God himself, and Mary, who was actually conceived. So if anything went wrong, it was probably Joseph's fault. Exactly. So. Poor guy. <laughs> if you think you have it bad, think about Joseph. Exactly. I like that, Father. That's good. So, no, yeah, just uh, um, a man of integrity um, through and through. Um, yeah, he desired to do right by Mary from the very beginning. He, you know, when he finds out that she's um, with child, um, he doesn't want to expose her to, um, you know, to the law at that time. Um, but he also, you know, talks about divorcing her or, but then when the, when he receives a message and a dream to take her as his wife, he, you know, he does that right away without question. So just always a man of integrity wanting to do what is right. You know, that, no, that's so true, Father. And, and the other word that comes to my mind is, is this trust in God. How many times do we, especially as men, right, want to take things into our own hands? I'm going to be in charge here. And the, the trust and the faith he had in God to say, okay, Lord, I don't completely understand this, but I trust you and I'm going to do your will. I know for me personally, Father, that's a big message I take away, and I think maybe many guys can relate to that as well. Yeah, um, you know, he actually receives uh, four dreams. Mm-hmm. No, one to take Mary as his wife, um, and then, you know, during the persecution to flee to Egypt. And then in the dream, he also receives a message to come back to Israel and eventually to the area of Galilee. So, um, yeah, like you said, just always willing to um, to listen to the Lord, um, to do whatever the Lord is asking. 
Absolutely. Well, of course, you know, he has different roles. You've kind of mentioned them. He certainly is um, a husband of Mary, first of all. Why don't you address that one first, Father? What can we learn from that? Well, I think, too, like, you know, we we contrast um, what Joseph did, you know, what we were just talking about with, you know, even we look at Adam, you know, and Adam was given the message to guard the garden to take care of his uh, wife, um, and he obviously didn't do that. You know, he didn't keep staying out of the garden. Um, and then when um, Satan tempted Eve, um, he didn't stand up for it. He didn't stand up for what is right. Um, and we see um, that, again, you know, when um, when Mary uh, is put down in some ways, you, you can only imagine what the talk of the town was, you know, when this young woman was, pregnant by, mm-hmm. but, you know, not um, that Mary and Joseph had it lived together. And so, you know, he has this deep desire immediately for her good, um, that he always is thinking of her good and putting her good ahead of himself. Um, and so, you know, I tell couples, uh, especially husbands, that, you know, all things being equal, you know, um, do what is best for the family and then do what is best for your spouse, for your wife, and then, you know, if that all kind of clears, then you can start to ask what is best for yourself. You know, how do I be that servant leader? How do I lead, but in a way that is putting the family and my spouse's good, my wife's good ahead of myself? Exactly. We're talking with Father Andrew Vogel from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, about St. Joseph, here on the solemnity of St. Joseph. You know, Father, so many great things you're saying there. One thing that really resonates with me, with me, we're talking about doing what's best for the family, what's best for your wife, and I know, by the grace of God, when I choose to do that, you know, put God first, my wife, our family, you know, at first it might seem like a sacrifice, but it's like anything else, right? Any habits you get into. When you start building virtue, the holy habits, you actually look forward to it. As the Catechism tells us, the virtuous person acts freely. You know, it chooses to do it with joy and self-mastery and ease. And boy, when we get to that point, as I'm sure Joseph did, you know, where he did these things willingly, joyfully, wow, then you really are doing what you want to do when you put others first. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Mm, that's wonderful. Well, let's talk a little bit about another role, of course, was uh, the father, the foster father of Jesus. Tell us a little bit about that role, Father. Um, well, we, you know, we can imagine uh, Joseph uh, and Jesus, you know, in uh, uh, in the studio or whatever, watching Joseph be a carpenter. Um, and just, you know, what a good you know, work ethic, and, you know, and also the things we've been talking about, too, just, you know, his leadership and taking the family to, you know, places that are safe, that are, you know, good places, um, but also just, you know, the day-to-day, just uh, seeing Joseph's um, work ethic, you know, his um, desire to, you know, um, to provide for his family, um, you know, again, a man of integrity, so as he's doing business and trying to sell you know, his work that you know, he does it um, with integrity, um, you know, with honesty. And, you know, the things that, um, you know, that in some ways would have rubbed off on Jesus. I know Jesus is God and, you know, didn't sin, but, you know, he's learning, 
you know, these things from St. Joseph, you know, day in and day out as well. Mm-hmm. So true. Talk with Father Andrew Vogel about St. Joseph. One of the things, I guess I read it in an article here about, you know, when St. Uh, John Paul II was writing his, his letter about St. Joseph, talked about how he's talking about this day and age when fathers tend to be not present. You know, they tend to be out. As you mentioned before, you know, too many guys, I want to be fulfilled. I want to do what I want to do. And so instead of focusing on the family, they're you know, maybe putting 80, 90 hours into their job or something else instead of being present and really being present for their family and raising them. And John Paul II talks about how he was there in the workshop with Jesus. I, I, can you imagine those conversations, Father? I mean, how, what would it have been like right, to be the father of the Son of God, right? And to be having these conversations going, I'm raising him, you know? He's one that's supposed to be raising me. So anyway, I, I think about that, and, it's, and that, that's kind of overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, you know, I'm in the, you know, as a pastor, you know, especially those, you know, holy women that seem to always be in the church praying, you, know, you have that same, you know, effect, like, you know, who am I to, you know, lead these holy people? And and yet, you know, God calls St. Joseph to lead Jesus, and, you know, and sometimes as pastors are called to lead people who, you know, in some ways are obviously more um, in tune with, the love of God than we are, but you know, you take on that role, and you, even though um, in some ways you're not worthy, you continue to lead these people. Um, and so, Saint Joseph is a great role model for priests as well. Right, and that's such a good point. You know, and and I think he's the nail on the head there, Father. The idea that you we realize, you know, my goodness, these people are probably holier than I am. At the same time, when God called you to that, you humbly accept that. You know that He's going to give you the grace to fulfill that vocation. And and I think humility is key. You know, you're so very aware of not being worthy, but then also being called by God to do that. So we thank you for that, Father. Uh, that's just amazing. Um, anything else about the Saint Joseph that you want to share as far as being the father, as father's father being uh, the husband. Anything else that we can learn from Saint Joseph? Well, uh, maybe an extension of what we just talked about too is that you know um, statistics are often just statistics, but you no, know, I heard that recently that you know if a father is involved in his faith and his family, you know his children have an you know an, around an eighty percent chance of carry on the faith, and um, but if the father's not involved in the faith, you know, and even if the mother is, that number goes down to like almost 20%, and just, you know, we talk about, talk about absent fathers, and, you know, fathers who are too involved in their work or other things, um, and just what a, a pivotal role fathers play, especially in the faith lives of their children, and, you know, obviously, you know, St. Joseph, um, didn't uh, shy away from that. That he played a huge role in the, um, in the, you know, the worship of God of this of the family of the Holy Family, um, and just you know, as husbands as fathers, you know, to take that role seriously. And that's such a good point, Father. As you mentioned, fathers are so important. I remember me, and I think most kids are the same way. Your first hero is your father. And, and that's yeah. an image of God the Father, whether we realize it or not. And even though fathers aren't perfect, the idea that if you're a loving, devoted, humble father who shows by your actions that God is first, boy, that yeah. has a, I know that had a profound impact on me and my life. Even, even though, you know, I wandered some, I mean, that still really brought me home. 
Father, yeah. good. We have just a couple seconds left. Anything you'd like to mention, again, about St. Joseph? Uh, no, I just encourage first myself and then you know all of us um, to, to read the scriptures about St. Joseph. Um, you know, he never says anything out loud, but he gives witness through his life and his actions. That sounds great. Well, Father, thank you so much. We'd appreciate your time. Thank you, and enjoy the solemnity of St. Joseph. Thank you. You too. God bless. All right. That's Father Vogel on this morning. Time for our next break. Get your questions ready because Straight Talk is coming up next. I see Father Gary Luton right through the window here. It's a great way for you to connect and see what's happening around the world on Facebook or call in. We'll get to that right after this. Engaging and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605 Here's a programming note. Monday, March 25th, marks the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. As we celebrate, we'll have some special programming. At 5 a.m. Central, we'll bring you the Sunrise Morning Show. Morning Glory will follow at 6 and the Daily Mass at 7. Then at 3 p.m. Central, you'll hear Cresta in the afternoon. Finally, at 9 p.m., it'll be the Encore of Open Line. Please tune in as we celebrate the Annunciation of the Lord, Monday, March 25th. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. This is Father Brian Cuiava of the Diocese of Crookston. One of my favorite things in the entire world is spending time in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. You know, Jesus gives himself to us in his body and his blood in the Holy Eucharist. And it's such a gift for him to be like living in our midst in a very special and unique way. He's with us in the Holy Eucharist where he gives us his body and his blood, not only for us to consume and at Holy Mass and Holy Communion, but also so that we can go to Him periodically throughout the day, periodically throughout the week, throughout the months, uh, whatever it is, to spend time with Him, just to simply adore Him, to offer our prayers to Him, to offer our suffering, to talk to Him about our joys and and our struggles, to just simply be with Him. So I just really want to encourage you to, to find a church where the Blessed Sacrament is found and to spend some time there just to adore Jesus and simply be with Him and to rest with Him in silence. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Mosier, your host, coming at you from Fargo, North Dakota. would like to thank Father Joseph Vogel. Last segment, talking about St. Joseph. Of course, it is the Solemnity of St. Joseph, one of only two that we actually have in Lent, because Lent is obviously focused on Jesus, and we have one focused on the Father and the Mother, the Holy Family. So thank you, Father Joseph, for that. Well, now, that's right. You hear it. It is time for Straight Talk. Straight Talk today with Father Gary Luton. Welcome, Father. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. He's my, one, of, one of my pinochle plan buddies. Yeah, so that's right. Thanks for being here, Father. We appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. So in case yeah. you're new, what is Straight Talk? It's a chance to hear your questions. What is you? What's on your mind? You can call us at 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. Or you can also put a question on Facebook. So please, this is your chance to join in, to call in, to chat with Father Gary Luton. Again, a good friend of mine I've known for a long time and a heck of a pinochle player <laughs> and a heck of a nice and holy guy. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I don't play volleyball like you do, but I like to play pinochle. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> and right now, of course, Pastor Blessed Sacrament yes. over in West. We've been there how many years now, Father? I've been there a little over two years, going on three years this summer. Okay, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, of course, this, this is the Solemnity of St. Joseph and maybe a, maybe a free reflection uh, to start us off there, Father. Yeah, I guess uh, it'd be good to talk about St. Joseph a little bit on his, his big day the solemnity and stuff, and just kind of thinking about St. Joseph and the, the, the important person he was. And um, I think a lot of times it seems like we, we so, he sort of plays second fiddle, you know, mm-hmm. or third sure. fiddle <laughs> right. to Mary or jo- and Jesus and yeah. that. But uh, he's quite important in, the, in his, the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, he was that father figure to him uh, in his human nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, uh, I kind of see Joseph as sort of like the, you know, the strong silent type. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you take a look at uh, what he said, if you look for something that he said in the scriptures, you'd be very hard-pressed to find anything. Right. Because there's nothing. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing preserved that we have that he said. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, he was, you could say that his actions spoke louder than words. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe that's a good a good example for, for me, too, is, uh, you know, uh, to do, you know, more work and less talking, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, they always say that they gave, the Lord gave us two ears to do twice as much hearing and only one mouth to do half as much talking. <laughs> but it seems to me that we can also say that with the, you know, the hands and the feet, that the Lord gave us two hands and two feet to do maybe quite a, uh, twice as much work and half as much talking. So Wow. So, yeah, if I'm getting but, your math right, we have two ears, two hands, two feet. <laughs> that's six times we should be hearing and doing rather than talking. I like that. Good point. I've Good never point. thought about adding the hands and feet to that, Father. <laughs> right. See, I always learn something, too. We're yeah. talking with Father Gary Luton here today on Straight Talk. Give us a call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or give us a message on Facebook. Eli and Brandon are in there just waiting for you. That's right. Eli's rubbing his hands. Come on, people, give us something. Give us something. So really, uh, Father Gary would love to. It can be anything. Of course it is, you know, St. Joseph today, maybe mm-hmm. something about Lent. Uh, anything else you yeah. want to mention on, on St. Joseph or well, Lent, Father? Um, let me see. St. Joseph, um, he was, one of the things I was going to mention too mm-hmm. is the obedience that he had. Ah, yes. You know, in, um, and really listening to God and mm-hmm. uh, doing doing the right thing. He, you know, he, he took Mary into his house. He wanted to divorce her quietly, mm-hmm. but you know, the angel said, you know, to take her into his house, and, and, and he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he took her to Bethlehem, um, and then they had, the, of course, the flight into Egypt, um, you know, after uh, Jesus was born and everything. And um, so he is a good example to me, you know, of obedience, of really listening mm-hmm. to what uh, God has to say and to follow through with that. 
yeah. in my life. It makes sense. You know, as, as you just as you mentioned that, I just Moses fl- flashed into my mind. We think, oh, Moses, great Moses, but you know, yeah. Moses gave a lot of lip back to God there on on the, on the mount, the burning bush. You know, and Joseph was just obedient. That's correct. That's correct. And I think, I mean, sometimes it's okay to to ask God, you know, why mm-hmm. and things like yeah. that. But um, eventually, ultimately, to come to the acceptance mm-hmm. and to do God's will, because God's will is a lot better than mine. It's and God knows everything. Yeah. And um, sometimes I might forget that and to to remember that. Exactly. Well, yeah. Father, on the phone we have Greg from Lankin, North Dakota, and uh, Greg, go ahead. What is your question for uh, Father Gary Luton? Oh. Hey, Father Gary, how's it going? Hi, Greg. Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I saw you a little while ago, but not too long ago. Yeah. So, Father, why in uh, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke is the Our Father different? It's different, the prayer. and Oh, uh, I'm just yeah. wondering what what's the reason for that? And yeah. yeah, there is a no. difference, and um, I'm trying to think of the exact difference. Um, there are a couple... Uh, differences, but I think as as far as it goes, it's uh, it's kind of Luke is, of course, one of the gospel writers, and Matthew's another one, and um, it's God's word, but um, it's also when you take a look at the author of the of the um, of the gospel, the the human author takes into the human account of different things that were happening at the time. For example, um, Matthew is uh, trying to appeal to the the Jewish people, and that. And so the things that he says, um, he, he does so with kind of a Jewish twist and the, uh, in a way that would speak to the hearts of the Jewish people. Um, and so that's kind of one way of looking at it. And it's not that one is different than the other. Or it's not that both that, they're, that one is wrong and the other one is right. They're both right. They're both good. Um, but they're just kind of portrayed in different ways, you might say. Um, do you, are you thinking of anything in particular, uh, and part of that? Well, well, no, I, I just kind of wondered how Matthew's uh, version of the Our Father ended up in Mass, and Luke's got you know, you, you hardly ever hear anybody praying right. the Our Father. Yeah, it seems to me Luke. the one, yeah, the one in Matthew is is a little longer, as I recall. It's got more uh, more parts to it, and um, I, I don't. I'm really not a um, I didn't major in scripture, although I know some scripture. But um, as far as um, the uh, the one in Matthew, I believe has all of the the parts to it. Um, it's 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 more complete, you might say. And Luke is, is more bare bones and that type of thing. So I'm thinking. Let's see. Taking a look at Luke chapter ten is the Lord's prayer, and he says, uh, "Let's see, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread." And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. So, yeah, and uh, that's kind of, basically all those parts are contained in the Gospel of Matthew, or in Matthew's uh, account of the uh, the Lord's Prayer. And so, um, Matthew is, you might say, more complete, and um, so we, we probably, that's probably one reason why we are using that one in the, in the Mass. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it got no, we, Matthew was chosen over Luke, but I'm guessing that's probably the reason. It has it has all the parts to it, so to speak. It is more complete. So, yeah, that sounds that sounds good, Father. Thank yeah. you for the explanation. You are welcome, Greg. Thanks for calling. Good to hear from you. Okay, 
We'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. God bless. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wonderful. Thank you, Greg. And possibly, Father, just came to mind, this might not be true, but I'm just thinking that since Matthew was written to the Jewish audience, maybe that more complete version, they have that, you know, that history, you know, of all this kind of stuff. And a lot of yeah. times Matthew will explain those things in a little more detail, yeah. you know, possibly. But uh, That makes, makes yeah. a lot more yeah. sense to me, too. Great. Wonderful. Well, that's, uh, thank you, Greg, and for your call. Again, we're here on Straight Talk with Father Gary Luton, 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or message us on Facebook. You know, another thing, as you were talking about St. Joseph, Father, one of the things I'm thinking about, you know, such a man of mm-hmm. honor, such a man of integrity, trust, all these things you talked about, um, you know, uh, so he sees, you know, Mary is pregnant with a child, you know, and he's going to divorce her quietly, a man of honor. You know, that's one thing I think today that really our, our, our culture, you know, men and women both want to take control of this idea of living together. Mm-hmm. And we just saw, um, I just saw some, some science actually on this whole thing that people who cohabit are much less stable in their marriage. In the United States, I think it's like only over 40% of those who cohabit have said that, I don't know if the relationship is going to last. And less than 20% of those with marriage, have, have they're much more confident, much more stable. Maybe, yes. maybe address that because of the whole cohabiting thing and, and what that does to us. Yes, I've, I've seen that too. I, I saw that article, and um, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. It's, um, it's, uh, it's interesting to see that. And um, I've worked, you know, of course, with a lot of couples in preparing for marriage and everything. And, uh, that yeah, it seems like couples who are, who are not cohabiting seem to be... I don't know, a little bit more serious, perhaps, about their relationship, about the commitment. Um, they're more, I don't know, maybe realistic or something. Um, they, they're also, I think, it seems to be, you know, um, at least more understanding of, you know, what, what Jesus says about, you know, uh, or what the scriptures say about, you know, um, fornication and things mm-hmm. like that. And so they're respecting this, the sacrament of marriage mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more, even though they're not married yet, but they're preparing for, married, for marriage. Right. And um, so, to me, it just seems like um, things tend to work out better. And I, yeah, studies show that you know that it, um, couples who are who are cohabiting, they're you know have more of a challenge, you might say, in their relationship, yeah, their future relationship. Exactly. And going back to the whole trust, I mean, it, I, it seems to me that that's a sign of we're trusting in God, you know, God's way, you know. And in mm-hmm. a couple, can we go that further? Couples that practice NFP have a very, very low divorce rate, and it right. just seems to be another yeah. level of trusting in God, doing things God's way, not exactly. my way. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of funny too because sometimes uh, when I've talked to couples about that, they'll say, "Well, I know, we know that we're not supposed to be living together be- before marriage, but that's." That's the general law. That's the general idea, but it doesn't really apply to me, you know, because we're whatever. Yeah. And, and, and I know there's a lot of different situations that that can come into play. Um, you know, sometimes they save for finances or whatever, but um, you know, generally speaking, um, a lot of those a lot of those times those things can be resolved, you know, out um, and actually be taken care of, and mm-hmm. that so. But uh, anyway, I don't know. It's yeah. Well, I, I know in it's my, a challenge. It is a challenge. I know in my life, the times when I have trusted in God, even though it seems, how is this going to work out? When I've trusted in God and done it God's way, He has found a way, and He's always been faithful. And so we encourage our listeners just to, to be faithful. Yeah, exactly. Father, a questioner from Facebook. A uh, good morning, Father said. How much older was Joseph than Mary? Oh, how much older was Joseph than Mary? Well, the scriptures don't tell us. But, you know, he uh, probably was uh, quite a bit uh, older, quite older, than, mm-hmm. much older than Mary. Um, we know that Mary was, was very young. Mm-hmm. 
when Jesus was born. And um, it's kind of interesting that uh, Joseph was on the scene, you know, um, when Jesus was an infant. And when Jesus was 12, um, he was lost, and they, Joseph was there, and Joseph and Mary found him in the temple and everything, and uh, teaching the scribes and that. And, um, and then after that, he pretty much uh, disappears off the scene. So we, we don't know exactly if he was around. You know, if he was there when Jesus died and rose, they probably would have said something. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and so that's why we kind of figured that he was probably a little bit older and uh, perhaps he had even, you know, had died by that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I would say, I don't know, again, the scripture doesn't tell us exactly how much older, but probably quite a bit older. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, 10, 20 years maybe. That's just a guess, but maybe more. I don't know. Seems, seems so. reasonable. Well, mm-hmm. Deb, thanks for that question on Facebook. Again, want to encourage you. We've had a phone call and a Facebook question already for Father Gary Luton, and he's just hit the ball out of the park on all these. I love that. <laughs> so give us a call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or as Deb did, just message us on Facebook and we will get to your question. You know, Father, another thing I was re- reading through here and it made me mm-hmm. think about during Lent, there's this big, big crucifix in, yeah. in Lake Michigan, and 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 I think that's so cool. How you know the story of how it got there, and but the, the devotion, yes. thousands of people when when the ice is right go there. Which I think yeah. it's in like twenty two feet of water. It's it's underneath the ice, and you can see it there. Yeah, I read that too. And it uh, how was it? Some uh, a couple had what they ordered a crucifix that right. came from Europe. Their child and, had died. Yeah, yep. their child died, and it came back, and it was broke, mm-hmm. and so they didn't want to send it back. And eventually somebody bought it. Right. And it was, uh, let me think how, how that happened. They, they actually, um, I think it was somebody that had a, a diving club. That's right. They, like that. they had it restored. Yep. Yeah, they had yep. it restored. And they eventually took it and uh, figured out, you know, they thought it would be a good idea to put it, you know, out in the water someplace so people could go dive down and kind of think about this person. Mm-hmm. They, they uh, put it down in memory of all those who had lost their lives diving. Right. And that, and so it's out a few, couple hundred yards or so from shore, mm-hmm. and people can they could swim out there. And in the winter time, when it's frozen and the ice isn't always frozen, in that spot, but sometimes it is. And when it is, people can actually walk out there, mm-hmm. and they can look through the ice and actually see this, you know, this crucifix on on the the bottom of the lake, which is actually isn't that deep at that part, but it's about twenty twenty five feet deep, I think. Right. Which is amazing that uh, they can do that. It's, Exactly. Well, you know, a couple of things really come to my mind, Father. I, I just, I, I'm always so intrigued and uh, about people's expressions of faith. You know, and here it is. Here it is. This this crucifix. You know, that it cost. It was cost prohibitive to send back. Came over from Italy, I think, right? So it cost mm-hmm. more to send back than get a new one. So, right. And and someone has the faith to get this, to restore this, and say, I want to put it as a sign of faith. As a little side note, my dad, he'd been dead 19 years mm-hmm. now. He before he died put a cross up. I actually live very close to a continental divide. It's the highest hill, northwestern North Dakota, in, in for a few miles around. Yeah. You put a cross up there and had it lit. And many, many mm. people have said, you know, that sign of faith really helps me mm-hmm. in times. And so I just think this as this crucifix in lake in the lake is, is so good, but it reminds people of their faith. It reminds us of, of who God is. And we all need those reminders of our Absolutely. faith. Absolutely. Especially in our Lenten walk. Yes, carrying the cross, following after Jesus, you know, and as we uh, journey through fasting and prayer and, and uh, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving during mm-hmm. this season and joining our, our lives with Jesus. Exactly. Yep. And, and you know, it goes, it goes fast. I mean, it's, it's just amazing how fast it goes. Father, Kathy from yeah. Fargo is on the phone and she has a question for okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Kathy. Hello. Hi. Um, I have a question. Um, I'm 
Hello. Good Hi. morning. Good morning. I have a question about the the four writers of the gospel and the apostles. Now, the, okay. there were four gospel writers: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yes. Was John one of the apostles? Was is that John the also the apostle John? Um, yeah, I and believe. And the other gospel? Okay. Were the other gospel writers just? followers of Jesus? Okay, the um, that's a good question. The four writers of the Gospels, and of course we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, John was a one of, considered one of the apostles, um, and he would have been the youngest one, and uh, he was exiled to the rocky island of Patmos. They tried to, he was actually, he was the only one who was not martyred, did not die a martyr's death. And uh, he was exiled to this island, and uh, they, they believe that's where he wrote the Gospel. Um, the Gospel of John, and uh, he also believed they believe he was, wrote the Book of Revelation too. And we have the other, of course, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, Matthew, Matthew, yeah, was we believe that he was uh, one of the um, apostles. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Mark and Luke were not, but Matthew was, we believe. So, yeah, and uh, but that's a good good question, and um, I'm not sure if I I think I answered it pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we do say maybe you could add Mark kind of followed Peter around, right? So Correct. You, you, you kind of get the gospel from Peter's version, and then Luke, of course, the physician. Um, right. Yeah, and of course he wrote the the book of Acts as well. Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. yeah, and actually I just watched the movie Paul the Apostle the other night. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Really? What did you think? That's oh, a great movie. Absolutely. It is. It was really good. Uh, basically, uh, Luke is just kind of taking dictation, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit from mm-hmm. from uh, Paul mm-hmm. before he's uh, beheaded, mm-hmm. and uh, it's probably it's a little under two hours long. Okay. And um, but it was uh, I think it was done very well, mm-hmm. and um, just it kind of gives you a really insight into the life of Paul that uh, I never really had before. Yeah, I like that. Well, yeah. Kathy, thanks again so much for your call. That's a great question. So, uh, just in summary, Matthew and John were original apostles. Uh, Mark and Luke were not, but of course all four wrote the Gospels and are evangelists in their own way. So did that answer your question, Kathy? Excellent. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. You, Have a good day. You're certainly welcome. All you right. too, Kathy. That's awesome. Father, you're just doing so great. This is so much fun. We're, we're talking with Father Gary Luton. I've got about eight to ten minutes left here on Straight Talk. Uh, give us a call at 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. Seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or message us on Facebook. You know, one thing too, uh, maybe we can touch on, Father. I know mm-hmm. that a lot of men were doers, and many of us take our worth, you know, how we mm-hmm. feel, in what we can do and accomplish. And mm-hmm. that, of course, can be very dangerous because not that only men can be workaholics. Many people can. I mean, you know, there's right. many people doing the good work of the church, quote unquote, but keeping them away from their family. So maybe a word to the wise. How do we keep our work in balance? You know, have it, there's dignity in work and we need to work, but how do we keep that in balance with our family and other obligations? That's right. You know, work is a good thing. And uh, in fact, there's an, also another feast day for Joseph. It's, it's May 1st, mm-hmm. Joseph the Worker. Right. And so work is a good thing. But when it becomes, you know, it begins, begins to dictate our lives, mm-hmm. when it takes the place of God, when it takes the place of family, that's, that's when a person needs to step back and say, you know, I need to reevaluate this mm-hmm. and take a look and, you know, um, to really make sure that God is, comes first in my life, you know, and then my family and, and then, then work, you know, mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. And uh, because work can really do a person in if they're, if they're, not, care, if they're not careful. 
Right. Um, to take a look at that. I'm thinking in my own mind, Father, two, two big things come to mind with me. Number one, men in particular may work because they feel, again, that I get some satisfaction. You know, when mm-hmm. I go home, you know, my kids don't appreciate, my wife doesn't understand, whatever they get mm-hmm. this. And, and with, if they'd realize if I'd spend more time building those relationships and entering more deeply into that, I would, I would eventually find more satisfaction as well. That's I'm, a good I'm called point. to do that. And the second thing is, I think in our materialistic world, I think, you know, working more to get more money, to get more things, to buy more bigger stuff. houses and stuff to yeah. hold my things. I mean, I think materialism can and individualism, those two things can really hurt fatherhood today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's all, it's with it's priorities. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's keeping God first. Yeah, and uh, and family and and works, you know, second and yeah. third. I love that. what Paul says to Timothy that n- money is not the root of all evil, but the love, love of money. Yeah, you know, <laughs> correct. Yeah, you know, and and where your yeah. treasures there, your heart will be. And, and I'll, yep. be, I'll be honest, Father, it's easy to to see myself even just getting caught up. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, mm-hmm. where's where's that taking me? Whether it's money, whether it's power, whether it's pleasure, these things, it's easy. Yeah. And again, you mentioned work is good. God wants us to enjoy a good life. At the same time. Got to keep it in perspective Correct. and just moderation. Correct. And actually, you know, making money is a good thing mm-hmm. because when you have money, you know, then, then you can give and right. you can help others. Yep. But when, when again, when that starts to consume a person's life and takes, you know, priority, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said something was very important too is, you know, to to um, not to neglect the family and, you know, and to maybe spend a little more time, you know, with the spouse and the kids and, yep. and not to neglect them. Yep. And I find, like just with my wife this morning, intentional prayer time. Yeah. You know, that, that is just that is just so key. Prayer time with your wife and your family. Wow. We're talking with mm-hmm. Father Gary Luton. Our half hour is going fast. It's got about six or seven minutes left. Give us a call at 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Or message us on Facebook. We're, ha- we're having straight talk here with Father Gary Luton. Gary, Father, maybe just a little talk about mm-hmm. Blessed Sacramento. So uh, okay. tell us about your Latin devotions. Maybe you have some Stations of the Cross and some things yep, like that do. going on. Okay, yep, we do have Stations of the Cross mm-hmm. every Friday evening at 7. And um, we uh, actually this coming week we're going to be having a fish fry at, nice. uh, yep, from 5.30 till 7. Okay. And uh, I'll let you guess who the chef is going to be. Father Gary Luton. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good guess. Good wow. Guess. So you'll have to come and, uh, if, you, if you're free, you're certainly mm-hmm. welcome to uh, come and take a look. And, wow. Uh, so yeah. that's another one of your gifts because I know you're a great pinnacle <laughs> player. You're a very good musician and now you're a, well, cook, you're a chef as well. I, I, like to, I like to cook a few things. Okay. And I'm, I've, I've been cooking fish for long, you know, quite a while sure. and stuff. So I'm, I like to do that. And, but um, also it's, it's to raise funds for our trip to Peru. Okay. Our parish is taking a, a trip to Peru this summer, uh, you know, working with the poorest of the poor. Mm. And so uh, we're using that to raise funds for that. And, um, and so that we do that, and um, of course we have daily mass and everything too. Um, it's actually at nine a.m., which is probably the latest in the morning, mm-hmm. um, uh, in Fargo, West Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not not noon, and it's not early in the morning. It's not late in the evening, mm-hmm. but it's it's at nine a.m. Mm-hmm. in that. And um, other things we have what we call pack the pew, which is uh, it's we take a pew and we we reserve a pew, and we put all the non-perishable food items we can find mm-hmm. in that in that pew and then by the end of Lent we'll have a pew full and we can we'll give that to the local needy you know those, those in need great idea I love that pack the yeah. pew I've never pack that, the that is awesome yeah. that, that, I think that's original Blessed Sacrament thing. I've never heard <laughs> it of might that before be. I think that's the first <laughs> I like time I heard that, that too yeah. it's from Blessed Sacrament well you know Father another thing maybe you can reflect on this too then as, we're, as we've been talking about taking that intentional time for prayer to turn our thoughts to God 
Lent gives us a great idea. Your stations are the cross, the mass, the pack, the pew, the fish fry. You know, it's, it's faith, it's family, it's fun all together, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I just want to encourage, maybe some encouragement to our listeners about taking that time, that intentional time. I know my wife and I, we look forward to that. We, we've been to St. Joke in the last couple of weeks with mass and stations mm-hmm. and we actually think maybe we'll go. We might even you might even see us over there on Friday because <laughs> okay. my wife said, you know, we should just go to another place just to see what it's like. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's a free will offering. Okay, so, yep. But anyway, just maybe just talking about some opportunities in Lent, how people can maybe avail themselves to that, you know, for spiritual growth and, and refocusing. Yeah, and uh, I would say just yeah, certainly uh, prayer is a good mm-hmm. thing, and the sacraments, uh, sacrament of reconciliation. There's a lot of uh, penance services, reconciliation services oh, yeah, this right, time of year. Right, um, ours is coming up at Blessed Sacrament, and I believe it's Thursday the fourth of April. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a lot of things like that. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And we encourage people to look for that. And, and I think, as you think about these reconciliation services, I think that's kind of cool because I know you, there's generally several priests there. Right. And, and I love how you guys obviously must work together because you schedule them, you know, at different times and then yes. you'll go to a parish. And I, I, I've always loved that to see three, four, five, however many priests, you know, come, this brotherhood of priests coming together to help each other out, to help the faithful in their walk. Yes, yes, that's right. It's a kind of it's a good thing, and also too, it's a great symbol because mm-hmm. the sins that we commit aren't just personal sins, but they affect the church, ah. everybody. And when we come together for in a, in a reconciliation service, you know, we realize that we have offended the people next to us. Mm-hmm. And when when the priest forgives us, the church forgives us as well as God. Mm-hmm. So we are reconciled with the church. I think that's such a good point. You know, we have many commonalities with our Protestant brothers and sisters, but I think that is one of the big things that's unique to Catholicism is that yeah. our sin does not just affect us; it affects the whole world, really. But mm-hmm. certainly, our neighbor, our our, our and, and coming to the church then is that way of reconciling with the community. Absolutely. And and, and as a priest, it, it must be very very humbling, I would guess, and gratifying to be able to stand in the person of Christ and forgive sin as he. Oh, it really is. It's just an amazing gift to be able to do that. I just, uh, it's, it's awesome. It really is. Exactly. And of course, you've all heard stories of, of people who have come back to church and just, just made this, this great confession. So we want to encourage you out there that, uh, that as we go through this season of Lent, that mm-hmm. you would please, you know, examine yourself. Take some time. Sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Make an appointment to, to go to confession. We make appointments for everything, Father. Why not make an appointment for a confession, mm-hmm. for, for Stations of the Cross, for that great fish fry coming up this Friday mm-hmm. for, for at 530, if I remember yep, right? 537. At Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> Father, we've got about a minute left. Anything okay. you want our listeners to know before uh, our time is up? I would say just this season of Lent, you know, to, again, to, to work on the prayer, the fasting, um, the almsgiving, and because uh, that's going to make a great Lent, and the better our Lent is, the greater our Easter is going to be. Mm. You know, and uh, when we die with Christ, we rise with Christ. Mm. I think that's so good. You hit the nail on the head. Just, just hit me because I talk about this with our teams, athletic teams, all the time. Mm-hmm. The greater your sacrifice, the greater that that reward feels. You know, and so you're right. right. If we have a very sacrificial Lent with Christ, yeah. it's going to be amazing Easter. If we just got a whole hum, then it's going to be more of the same. Right. I think that that's so yep. good. That's and the key so is the key is with Christ. Ah. So, yep. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, that's great. Um, well, you know, Father, I just want to encourage our listeners. How many years have you been at Blessed Sacrament now? I've been there a little over two. I'm okay. going on three this summer. Okay, that's yeah. great. I've been a priest for 27 years. My goodness, that's so, great. That's yeah. great. That's wonderful. It's been a blessing. Yeah, well, and, and you are a blessing. I, I tell you, I always tell people we're so blessed with, with the priests we have in our area. I mean, they're just, you know, good, devoted, holy men, and, and we appreciate it. Plus, I love playing Pinochle with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm also <laughs> looking too. forward to, hopefully, I'll, I'll talk with Veronica about having, <laughs> having coming over and getting that fish fries. So, uh, is it a special kind of fish, Father? Um, it's actually all different kinds. Oh, and nice. I have a kind of a little special um, 
recipe that I kind of put together. So I, I, I tell you what, I, I think you're going to see us over there. This is great. <laughs> well, this is Father Gary Luton. He's been with us on Straight Talk. We'd like to thank you. Thank you again, Father Gary, for you coming over. We appreciate that. Thank you, Tim. And it's always so good to have you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on Friday. All right. Sounds All right. good, Tim. Thank you. That's Father Gary Luton from Blessed Sacrament Parish in West Fargo. Thanks again so much. Thanks for all those of you who called in. Straight Talk, remember, this segment begins at 9.30 Central every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Coming up after the short break, a unique reflection that can really help you grow in your marriage. And later, we're bringing the heat to Lent. All this and much more when we return to Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live.